to you all. I did wonder a little bit today whether we might have lower numbers. And we do a little bit, don't we? But I want to thank you for being here. And I wondered whether the lower numbers might be because of the heat or might be because we're talking about giving. <laughs> so um, I don't know which one to go with. But giving, it's an exciting thing to talk about giving, isn't it? Okay. Let that one settle down for a moment. <laughs> it is, it's an exciting thing, I think, to talk about giving, and that's what we're doing today. We're going to take a little bit of uh, time out of our Character of God series and talk about giving, and I'm going to explain a little bit more as I go along about why we're going to do that. But I must say that talking about giving is it's a talk that I think a lot of church leaders don't really like to do, because it's a, just a little bit difficult. It's maybe even a little bit awkward to talk about giving to your church. Um, It's a vulnerable place for me, if I'm honest, talking about giving. Uh, I don't particularly like doing it because I'm on the payroll for Hub Church, (laughs) and it's actually your giving helps to fund my salary and other leaders as well and paid staff. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. Um, so actually, in all seriousness, it is a vulnerable place for me to talk, stand up here and talk about giving. So I, what I really want you to hear is heart today. That's what I really want you to hear is our heart behind giving. But some of us may have had different experiences when we think about the church and giving. I don't know about you, but I'm probably one of those who wants to hide behind the sofa if I turn on something like God TV and see enthusiastic tele-evangelists or something kind of saying, you've got to give money, you've got to go give money, you've got to give money. Constant message, and some of them seem to have become really wealthy off the back of it, <laughs> and that just doesn't really sit right. Or if you think about church history, in church history, the, the church hasn't always uh, come out with... In, in, in a great place when it comes to money. If you think, or if you know anything about the history of the church, there's been all kinds of accusations going back lots of years, maybe hundreds of years, but about uh, priests being paid for blessings, about people paying because they think if they give money to the church, then maybe their time in purgatory might be a bit shorter if they do that. And there's been all these kinds of things that have happened over the years. And so sometimes the church... And money don't go together all that well. But I do want to say that many, many people in this church, even as I look out today, I'm just so aware that many people, and and those who couldn't make it this afternoon for whatever reason, maybe the heat, maybe other reasons, but many of you, as I look out, maybe even all of you, just faithful, faithful givers. And I want to start today by just saying thank you. Genuine, heartfelt thanks to all those who, past and present, have just given faithfully, financially, to the church. And you've done it with the right heart. And the heart of the leaders, again, past and present, has always been to just steward the money that's given to BCCs, to the hub, really well. And we may may succeed in that some of the time. We may have made mistakes in the past. But we just want to say thank you for the money that you've given with the right heart. And uh, that's just really special, and we're very grateful for it. In the past, the teaching in this church has very much been around tithes, and I'll explain what tithes is in a little bit. That's been how the majority of money has been given. And um, a number of you will have been tithing members of this church for a long time. And again, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. It really is incredible. 
Also, I just want to say as we begin talking about giving, particularly talking about financial giving, that different people are in different places. Different people have different incomes, seasons in life, expenditures, real pressures on your finance. So while I say thank you, I just want to acknowledge as well that for some people, giving's difficult. Um, and so there's just no judgment with this as well. I just want to be clear about that too, as well as saying thank you for your giving. If you're in a position where you're unable to give, or would love to give more, but you can't, then just, hey, look, no judgment. Thanks and no judgment is how I want to start. So thank you. I also want to acknowledge that it's actually a really difficult time to stand up and talk about giving because I know we're in a cost of living crisis <laughs> and the pressures on maybe all of our finances are different than they were even a few months ago. We've been through COVID as well. That's been very difficult for a number of people. So I do just want to say that as I start as well, that actually it's a tough time financially for a lot of people and we want to have the right heart. We want to acknowledge that as we share today. So this message, I just want to be clear that this message is not a call for you all just to give more money, okay? <laughs> Please, don't hear that. That's not the message at all. I'm not standing up here saying everyone needs to give more money. And this might be slightly controversial for some as well, but I'm also not standing up here saying you must give 10% of your income to the church. I'm not standing up here saying that. Some, some of you do that, I know, and... Um, and again, I'll explain a little bit more about that as well. But the, the message is not that today. The message is about the heart of giving. And hopefully I'll be able to unpack that a little bit more as we go along. But the context for this message is that we haven't really talked about giving for a long time. And um, we do want to be a church that's full of people who are generous givers. Because we're made in the image of a generous God. Amen? And God has just poured out so many blessings on us. I'm not talking just financially. But God has blessed us in so many ways. And for me, it just doesn't quite make sense as a follower of Jesus to be somehow stingy or tight with my money or my time or my possessions or anything like that. Because we're made in the image of such a generous God. We want to take the opportunity today to outline how we do things financially a little bit, not in great detail, but just to give you a little bit of an idea today. But also, just the context again for this, just recognizing that we haven't taught on giving for a long time. So if you're reasonably new to the church, or even if you've been around for a long time, you may not have heard a message on giving. And uh, so we wanted to do that today. And just to bring the whole area of giving before you. But also, we do think that it's part of our discipleship. It's part of who we are as followers of Jesus to be generous people. If we've chosen to follow Jesus, then really we've decided to leave our life behind. And pick up God's life. He now lives within us if we're following Jesus. And actually, the Bible talks about dying to ourselves. And we want to do that, I believe, with money as well. We want to say, I'm, I'm not just living for my own ideas and what I want to do. I don't want my money just to fund what I want to do because I've died to myself and I'm living for Jesus now. And so actually what Jesus wants needs to become our priority. And I think as part of our discipleship, saying actually money is really important to say, look, it's for Jesus. All that I have is for him. 
So generous giving is one way we can grow in our discipleship as a follower of Jesus. But I do think it would be wrong as we give a message on giving at this time, not to mention that actually we are in a bit of a difficult position financially as a church. And I just want to be upfront and honest about that. Some of you, if you're at the communication evening, would have heard us talk about our finances. I just think it's right just as I give a message on giving just to be honest about that. And we are in a bit of a tough position financially. Praise God, we've got some really healthy reserves. And so God's provided for us, we believe. But um, general giving is down quite considerably. And this is due to a number of factors. Uh, It has been going down for a little while. So COVID has certainly been a factor in that. But more recently, some people have decided to leave the church. That's had an impact uh, on our finances, probably the biggest impact at the moment. And I'm sure the cost of living crisis that I've already mentioned is making it really difficult for giving as well. And we appreciate that. So that's a challenge we're going to have to face this financial year. So again, being honest and upfront, this message is somewhat prompted by the position we're in. But we do want to bring giving before you and give us an opportunity as a community to see how we might want to respond together. Just to let you know, we did, I think it was January last year, so about a year and a half ago, we did, I did record a video that we talked about sending out to the church just to explain something about giving and the heart behind giving because we we were a bit down because of COVID and the lockdowns. We decided as a team not to send out that video because we just felt like the time wasn't right in a lockdown, pressures on people's finances. Whether in hindsight that was the right decision or not, not sure. But um, just to say that we've tried to be honourable, we've tried to do it right. And you might say, well, now is an even worse time (laughs) to talk about giving with what we're facing now. But we did feel it was the right time to, like I say, just give us an opportunity to see how we might respond to where we're at. So I just wanted to be upfront and honest about that. So many of you know I used to be in the police. I've told many police stories from the front. And um, one phrase I used to hear a lot as a police officer when I was dealing with people, it might be that I was giving them a ticket for a traffic offence or a disorderly behaviour offence or maybe arresting them or something like that. I'd quite often hear the phrase shouted at me, I pay your wages. I pay your wages. You can't give me a ticket. I pay your wages. And um, normally I'd just try and shrug it off and just like, okay, whatever. Sometimes when I got a little bit frustrated, I might go back at them a little bit and say, well, look, I'm I'm a taxpayer as well, so do I pay my own wages? (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) But look, we're all aware, aren't we, of the basic idea of taxation, is that we, those that can, those who earn enough, we give a proportion of what we earn to help the community run. And uh, that's how tax works. But we don't want you to think about giving to the church in that way. I think that's a horrible way to think about giving to the church. I think if it becomes a duty or a burden to have to give, then we've just completely missed the heart. We also don't want you to think about giving to the church in some way like it's a subscription fee or like membership fees to be part of a club. I think that's a really bad way as well to think about giving to the church. Somehow thinking if we give, well, we're going to get the benefits of pastoral care and we're going to get good teaching, hopefully, and good worship band to help us sing along. So we'll pay our subs to be part of that. 
let's not think about giving in that way. Of course, all those things are good, but hey, we so easily fall into the trap of becoming consumers if we go down that route. And so please, let's not do that. We don't want us to have thoughts like, I give to the church. I give my money, my hard-earned money to the church, but oh, I haven't had my pastoral visit this week. So I'm not getting my value, am I, for my, for my money that I pay? Or, oh, the music, it's just not quite my cup of tea. And so I tell you what, I'm going to go to a different church, and I'm going to give them my membership fees to a different church, because I like the music more. That church, I think we're missing the heart if we go down that route. Or even worse, I pay your wages. <laughs> I pay your wages. So the leaders should be doing the things I want, because I pay their wages. Please, let's not fall into that trap. The church should never be about what we can get from it, but how we could contribute to the mission of the church. Amen? Archbishop and theologian William Temple said this, the church is the only society on earth that exists for the benefit of non-members. The church is the only society on earth that exists for the benefit of of non-members. When we give, and that includes our finances, I'd suggest we give primarily to help those who are still yet to be saved, still yet to be added to our number, still yet to experience the love and welcome of Jesus. We don't do it for what we can get from it. Our starting point, we believe as leaders, is that everything we have belongs to God. Everything we have belongs to God. Maybe the question to ask God is not what I should give, but what am I allowed to keep? Isn't that an interesting way of thinking of it? Not what should I give, but what, Lord, are you saying I should keep? And if you've been around for the last nine months or so, you're probably starting to understand, if you didn't know already, that Sometimes Christians have different views on different subjects. And I'm afraid giving's no different. (laughs) People think differently about giving. And if we have a position in the hub about giving, it's that we want to be generous givers. Because, like I say, we're made in the image of a generous God. The Bible encourages us to be cheerful, generous givers. Some will understand that to be tithing, and like I say, I'll mention a bit more about that in a minute. And some will want to come before God, maybe each week or each month, and prayerfully ask him what they should give and to who they should give it. In many ways, I'm not sure it matters so much. I think it's the heart that matters. What we're after is to be a generous people. So what does the Bible say about giving? Well, the main way that we see giving in the Old Testament is through this practice called tithing. To give a tithe meant to give a tenth, 10% of your produce or your possessions to God as a way of thanking and honoring him for all that you had. But also, three ways, it seems to me, in the Old Testament that talks about the use of tithing is to support the priests ministering at the tent of meeting, for the festivals, to fund the festivals that they had, and also to give to the poor. And so I'd encourage you, if you want to do a bit more reading, I haven't got time to read all the passages on it today, but Numbers chapter 18, Deuteronomy chapter 14, 
the two passages that you could look at and read if you want to read up a little bit more about tithing, and there are others as well. I believe that tithing's a biblical principle. And so for Tracy and I, our practice is that we do tithe. We do give 10% of our income, and that's the way we've chosen to do it. Interestingly, asking the other leaders, I know that they do that as well. And so that's what we do, certainly for Tracy and I, that's what we've decided to do. If I'm honest, most of the time it's a real challenge to do that. And uh, it's, it's difficult, it's not easy. And so we've set it up to be the first thing that goes out. We've set it up on direct debit, standing order, to be the first thing that comes out on the day that we get paid. We certainly don't see it as some sort of extra tax on our money. We want to give back. We want to honour God. We want to thank him for all he's given to us, as well as making our contribution to church life and to what God is doing in his kingdom. We want to do that. We do believe that all that we have belongs to God, And so that's our starting point. It helps us give as cheerfully as we can. (laughs) Some people want to ask questions like, should it be gross or should it be net? Should it be before tax and deductions or afterwards? And can I just say, I don't want to make a law about that. (laughs) I think, can I encourage you, if you're asking questions like that, if you want to tithe and you're asking questions like that, can I encourage you just to come before God and just to say, Lord, what, what do you want? me to do? What do you want us to do? And see what he wants to say to you. And just remember, the heart is, we want to be generous people. And so just ask God, what do you want me to do? And I believe he'll reveal what he wants you to do. So Tracy and I moved to Basingstoke in 2009. We had Lydia at that point. And uh, we came to Basingstoke and we settled here. We started going along to South Church as it was when we came. Family were there and we felt like that was the place to go to. And after a little while, we felt really settled in South Church and so we started to tithe. We started to give our 10%. And I'm not very, very proud of this, but after a, a little while, we were struggling a little bit financially and it was getting a bit tough. And we decided to stop tithing. And uh, we did that for a few months. And, um, but during that time, just didn't feel very comfortable. It just didn't feel like the right thing to have done and just felt God nudging us to start again. And so we did. After a few months, we started the tithe up again. And the very first month that we started re-tithing, someone in South Church came up to me. I'd started leading worship by this time. And this person came up to me and said, look, we want to support you in your worship and we'd love to buy you a new guitar and some equipment to help you lead worship. And this person took me to the music shop that was in Festival Place and bought me some guitar kit. And I just felt like, I really felt like it was God saying, good decision. Good decision. Thank you for starting to tithe again. And we haven't missed the tithe since because... That's so impressed on me. Actually, I want, we want to be generous people. (laughs) And uh, God really honored us through that. I am a little bit, I was a little bit hesitant whether to say that story or not, to be honest. Because I don't want to in any way saying, hey, look, we tithe and that's great. But also, I don't want to give the message that says, if you want some more stuff, give to God. I really, uh, seriousness, I really am very, very wary of that. 
Because I do believe, and I'll, I'll just unpack this a little bit more later, but I do believe that God does give back to us. He does meet our needs when we're generous people. But please don't hear the message if you want to upgrade your car, if you want a bigger house, if you want to live in luxury, then just give more and God will just give you everything you could ever want. <laughs> Please, that's not the message. Let's give because we've got the right heart and we want to be generous people because we're made in the image of a generous God. Amen? But I must say that just a couple of months ago, we sat down, Tracy and I and the kids, we sat down in our lounge And we were just like, God has blessed us so much. We sat on a sofa, and we've got a second sofa in our lounge, and they were both given to us. The TV table was given to us. The TV on the TV table was given to us. The dining room table and chairs were given to us. The dresser in the dining room was given to us. We started thinking upstairs. The wardrobes we had upstairs were given to us. We've got two cars, which is an amazing blessing. And we do feel like that's a blessing we, we kind of need. But they were both given to us. And what a, an amazing blessing. And so God has been incredibly faithful to us with things that we do believe we need. I know Western life is very difficult to how others live in the world. So you might say, no, they're blessings, Andy. They're, they're more than you need. But hey, um, God's been really faithful to us as we've given. So praise God for that. But tithing isn't really mentioned that much in the New Testament. And so some people feel a little bit differently about this message about tithing. Maybe some people feel it's not really relevant for us anymore because it's not talked about really in the New Testament particularly. So some people would say, we should go with what Jesus and the New Testament writers, such as Apostle Paul, talk about giving. So Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Each one should give in their heart what they've, or decide in their heart what to give. That sounds maybe a little bit different to giving a tenth or 10%, maybe slightly more flexible than that, maybe. When Jesus shared a parable in Mark chapter 12 about a widow, he talked about how rich people were coming along and they were giving lots to the offering, but they were giving out of their wealth. So they were giving large amounts, but actually it didn't really hit their pockets so much because they were very wealthy people. And then along comes this widow and puts two copper coins in. It's a much smaller amount than other people were giving. But Jesus said, actually, it's a lot more because that's all she had. These two coins were all she'd had. Almost as if to say, the rich people would need to give everything they've got in order to match what this lady gave. And what a challenging story about heart that Jesus gives there. It's not the amount that matters, it's the heart with which it's given. I think that's a really important message. Are we willing to leave everything behind to follow Jesus? Are we willing to really die to ourselves, including our money? And then consider the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18. Here was a man who'd lived the law. He'd followed the law all his life. But he said to Jesus, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you're lacking this one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. 
And this rich young man was like, oh. <laughs> he had great wealth. And he didn't want to give it all away. And it said he went away sad. Because he had great wealth. And then in the very next chapter, Luke chapter 19, we read about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He'd ripped people off. He was very wealthy. And he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus because he wanted to meet Jesus. And Jesus saw him, and Jesus invited himself to his house. And Zacchaeus had this time with Jesus, and it changed his life. And as a result of encountering Jesus, he said, I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anyone out of anything, I'm going to repay them back four times what I cheated them out of. Because he had a complete change of heart and wanted to be generous and put things right, repent, live the right way, having met with Jesus. Rich young ruler, ah, not sure I want to do this. Zacchaeus, very different life, very different previous life, but encountered Jesus and wanted to live differently. You see, it's not about the law, it's about the heart. It's not about the law, it's about the heart. So much so that in Matthew 23, in a chapter where Jesus repeatedly rebukes the Pharisees and the teachers of the law on a number of things, he says this in verse 23, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. We must not become self-righteous or religious about our giving. Don't look to impress others with generous gifts like the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were trying to do. Doing it in secret seems to be the way Jesus encourages us to do it. Remember that justice, mercy, and faithfulness are higher callings in many ways. But Jesus also said not to neglect giving at least some of what he's blessed us with back to him and his kingdom. So whatever you choose to give, whether it's a tenth of your income because you believe in tithing, and I'd suggest that's a perfectly good thing to believe in, whether you, it's tithing a tenth of your income, whether it's a figure you believe God's given you as you've prayed, whether it's the final two small coins that you have, whether it's half of your possessions, whether it's all of your great wealth, or whether it's even selling fields or houses and laying the proceeds at the apostles' feet like was recorded in the book of Acts. Let me encourage you to do it. Whatever you decide to do, let me encourage you to do it cheerfully and generously, not out of law or duty, but with a heart that wants to thank God for all that he's blessed us with and be a generous person made in the image of a generous God. Sometimes we get asked questions like, how do I know what to give to? Should we just give to the church? Should we give to charity? Should we give to ministries such as the food bank and the safe? And there's lots of others even in this town that we could give to. Should we give to charity? Should we give to ministries like uh, Alpha? We talked about Alpha today. Should we give to Alpha? Should we give to overseas missionaries? Should we give to young people who are going overseas? And the answer is yes. (laughs) 
Let me unpack that a little bit because it's probably not a very helpful answer, is it? <laughs> Look, the reality is that to run a church like this, we need some general funds, yeah? So we need to fund the boring stuff as well as the exciting stuff. So we need to pay to hire this church building to meet in. We need to fund the purchase and the upkeep of the PA equipment. And uh, we need laptops to be able to project the words and to do the live stream. We need cameras to be able to do things like that as well. We need to buy tea and coffee to serve. We need to buy children and youth resources. We need to fund all the financial and legal side of being an organization like any other organization would need to do. And yes, we do employ leaders and staff. We do employ, employ people to make all those things happen, but also to lead us spiritually as well. There's a seemingly endless list of things that we need to fund in a church like this. And so we need to pay for all these things out of our general funds. If our general funds are too low, then we need to just make some decisions about what we're going to fund and what we're going to leave. Now, maybe there's a case to argue that the church needs to change in some of these ways, and maybe is, is the model of church we've had for many years fit for now? I'm not saying that it is or it isn't, but some people might ask that question, but that's the model we've got at the moment. That's how we're doing church at the moment, and it needs to be funded. That's just the, the, the basic truth of it, I guess. We do use our general funds to bless people going on mission. I can think of a few that we've done for that recently. We do give to those in need as well. And we do have a number of different uses for our money. And we try to do it, like I say, honorably and right before God. We do try and do that. At times we take specific offerings or encourage specific giving, like we talked about Alpha today. We do encourage specific giving to things like this as well. And they're called restricted funds. And if we ask for giving towards a restricted fund, maybe something like India or Alpha or something like that, then the money is only used for that purpose because it's restricted for that. So we do encourage each person or each family in the church to consider giving something to the general running of the church just to make sure we can fund the things that we need to fund. You may want to give to a specific charity or need as you feel led, and that's great. Please do go ahead and give to that. That's brilliant. We encourage that. But again, we, look, we do understand that everyone's capacity to give is different. So again, there's no judgment there. Let's understand that although man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart, doesn't he? And again, it is all about the heart when we come to giving. As leaders, we do commit to stewarding all the money that's given well. We take that seriously. We want to be transparent in how we use the money that you give. And also, we want to be generous givers as well with the money that's given to the church. Please do pray for us, if you would, that we'd perform that task well. So just as I round up, I do want to say a little bit about what happens when we give, because I do think it's important. And while it's not our motivation to give, God does promise that we'll reap where we sow. He did, does say that he's no man's debtor. And he does say that we can even test him in that area. We don't, as hopefully I've tried to get across, we don't endorse some sort of prosperity gospel approach. Give and I'll become rich. We don't promote that. God doesn't promise to give us what we want. 
but he does promise to give us what we need. And I think that's really important. And Frank, I don't know if she said this in any kind of uh, faith-based way, but she said, no one has ever become poor from giving. And I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. No one's ever become poor from giving. So let me encourage you to check your heart with giving. If you somehow think that, hey, look, tithing's Old Testament, we don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to give like that anymore because we live under the new covenant, not the old covenant. So therefore, I'm not going to give anything to anyone, church or... I'm not saying that any of you are like that, but if there's something of that in your heart, then maybe just come before God and say, look, Lord, how can I be a generous person? How can I sow generously? Because you've sown so generously into my life. And once again, I just want to say thank you as I finish, just for all your generous giving. It really is appreciated. And uh, we want to extend God's kingdom in this place. And so the money that you give is just brilliant, whether it's to the church or whether it's to anything that we do connected with the church. Just thank you, because it goes a long way and it's blessing people. So thanks so much. Margaret.